Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 963, and we're looking at Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 8. Let's read our passage. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves to be alone. He was transfigured in front of them, and his clothes became dazzling, extremely white, as no launderer on earth could whiten them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's set up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because he did not know what to say, since they were terrified. A cloud appeared overshadowing them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark began the Gospel with the Galilean ministry. Jesus traveling through Galilee, teaching, preaching, casting out demons. He was also encountering the religious leaders. And they didn't like the way he did things. He didn't follow the rules appropriately. He didn't do things right in their eyes. When they left Galilee, went up into the Gentile areas, encountered the woman up near Tyre, and then people down near the Capolis. Then he traveled back briefly to Galilee, had this encounter with the Pharisees, and then has gone north to the area of Caesarea Philippi. And through this, we've seen the growing faith of the disciples. And it capped off with Peter's confession that Jesus is the Messiah. But then Jesus predicts his coming death. And Peter rebukes Jesus about that. Then Jesus launched into this teaching on the cost of discipleship. That to be a disciple of Jesus is to face a life of discomfort. Just as Jesus suffered, his followers will suffer. So we pick it up now in Mark chapter 9, verse 2. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves to be alone. Well, he says after six days. Six days after what? After that last teaching segment or what? It's hard to say, but he does give a specific time frame. And here it's a, a few days not long after those events. And Jesus takes just Peter, James, and John. These we often refer to as Jesus's inner circle. The two brothers, James and John, sons of Zebedee, and Peter. These are the ones closest to Jesus. And he takes just them and goes up on a high mountain. Mark doesn't identify what mountain it is. But most Scholars today believe it was probably Mount Hermon, which is about 12 miles north of Caesarea Philippi. It is a high mountain. It's over 9,000 feet above sea level, and it's several peaks together, so there's no way to determine the exact location of it. But it is a high mountain in that area. Most scholars today say that's probably where it took place. Continues, he was transfigured in front of them. Now, the word transfigured doesn't occur often in the New Testament. It occurs actually four times. It's the Greek word metamorpho, which we get the word metamorphosis. That's the noun version. This is the verb version of that. 
And we see it in Matthew and Mark here in the Transfiguration, translated as Transfigure. Two other places. One is Romans 12, 2, where Paul says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. That transformed is the same word as this. In Paul's letter, 2 Corinthians 3, 18, he says, We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So in Paul's letters, he uses it as this idea of being transformed, being changed, changed at a core level. And here this gets translated, the word transfigured, changed at a physical, spiritual level. So he was transformed in front of them, continuing into verse 3, and his clothes became dazzling extremely white, as no launderer on earth could whiten them. So he uses extreme language here, because this, this is whiter than white. This is whiter than anything could be laundered. In nowhere on earth could anything be made this dazzling white. And what's the point here? The point is, he is being revealed in his glory. His glory is revealed. And the idea here, what we've just had is an interaction about Jesus is going to die. Yeah, his mission is to come and die and be resurrected, but his ultimate destiny is to be glorified. So this is a peak beyond the death and resurrection. This is his glorification. This is his heavenly being. And so this is just a peak at that. So this transfiguration, dazzling white. Verse 4, Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. So what gives here? Well, Elijah is one of the most famous prophets of the Old Testament. Moses, the giver of the law. And so most people take this to be, okay, Moses is basically the lawgiver. He represents the law. Elijah is the representative of the prophets. And so you have the law and the prophets testifying about Jesus. And often when you refer to the law and the prophets, you're basically saying the Old Testament. So this is imagery of the Bible testifies to who Jesus is. And there's some special stuff about these two guys. Moses and Elijah both are associated with mountains. Moses, Mount Sinai, that's where he received the law, Exodus 19, from the Lord. Elijah on Mount Horeb on 1 Kings 19, where he had this encounter with God. And they both have a transformation. Moses, after he was with God, would come to the people and had to wear a veil because his face was glowing. It was radiant because of the glory of God that had been around him. Elijah was transformed and he was taken to heaven in a chariot of fire. Elijah is one of the Two people said to have not physically died, been taken directly to heaven. So you have Elijah and Moses talking with Jesus. Verse 5, Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's set up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He calls him Rabbi. Rabbi means teacher. It's more than just teacher. It's basically esteemed teacher. It can also be used to mean master, but it's used as a sign of authority and respect. Good thing we're here, Jesus. 
let's build three shelters. So they must think that's why the three of them are there, so they can help out. Now, why build three shelters? We're not told exactly. And the ideas have to do from, okay, this must be the permanent thing here now. And just as Moses had the tent of meeting where he would meet with God, we're going to build three tents of meetings, basically. One for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Maybe maybe it had to do with the idea of the Feast of Tabernacles, where everybody had to build their little shelter, their little tabernacle, their little booth to stay in during the time of the feast, because that was thought to be maybe a time looking ahead to the end of the age. And this obviously is ushering in the end of the age. Don't know, and maybe they don't really know why they did it. Verse 6, Mark adds, because he did not know what to say since they were terrified. So this probably wasn't a well-thought-out plan. It's, well, we're here. We, we've got to do something. Verse 7, a cloud appeared, overshadowing them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. So that kind of stops the whole, let's build three shelters for these three guys. God is now speaking, and this cloud has overshadowed them. And you have God's voice coming from the cloud. And what does this reveal? This reveals a whole new way of thinking. Jesus is more than just the Messiah, and that's a big deal. He is the Son of God. Because the voice of God comes and says, this is my beloved son. And then also with the challenge, listen to him. Verse 8, suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. Now some questions here. What's the purpose of this event? Was this for Jesus' sake? Did they show up to encourage Jesus as he's now about to start heading toward Jerusalem to his death? Or was it more for the sake of the disciples? I gotta go with the disciples. This was really for their sake. Jesus could have gone up alone. Often he went up to remote places alone to have time with the Father. But he specifically takes these three guys along with him. And even the language in verse 4, Elijah and Moses appeared to them. So specifically, it's the disciples see Moses and Elijah. Number seven, a cloud appeared overshadowing them. And then the voice speaks to them. So you really see the disciples are pretty much the focus of this account. So I believe this is for their benefit. Why? Back to the disciples' faith is growing. Jesus is a, a holy man. Jesus is a miracle worker. Jesus is obviously a man of God. Jesus obviously is very close to God. We see more and more who he is. Now, finally, we got to this confession of Peter. You are the Messiah. You're the anointed one of God, the one we've been waiting for, the one who's going to come and set everything right. Then Jesus immediately tells them, well, go to Jerusalem and they're going to kill me. Rise from the dead, but they're going to kill me. And Peter can't handle that. No, no, no. That's not the way it's supposed to be. So you're the Messiah, but going to die and be resurrected. Now this transfiguration, this takes it to a whole new level. He's not just the Messiah. 
He is the Son of God. And this is not, he's going to go and die, but he is going to be glorified. So yes, he will die, be resurrected, but then glorified. So that gives them a whole new picture of who Jesus is. It's just the three of them. We'll see next time Jesus tells them, don't tell anybody about this till after I've been raised from the dead. So I think this is capping off the, the growth of the disciples' understanding of who he is, at least for this point. How much do they get? Well, how much can they really get? They're still people limited by their own experiences and ideas about things. But what they've seen is amazing. They've heard the voice of God speaking, identifying who Jesus is. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.